September 12th. Welcome back to the Sleepers Podcast. Hopefully a little more lively episode today than yesterday's. Cart, you already look like you have a pep in your step this morning. Uh, I was actually just going to lead on here on a monologue that I feel a little a little gloomy today because it's like it's kind of it's kind of overcast outside. It's dark. You know, I don't know. He's just got that got a little bit of gloomy feeling. Well, screw me then. <laughs> what a, what an energy uh yeah it is pretty gray what can you do about it uh my house is breaking apart my my ac is not working my heat's not working yesterday our guest room toilet just like exploded in the middle of the day uh don't recommend having house issues while you're a work from home parent not fun not good like got daughter screaming her head off while the toilet's about to flood our entire the entire main living spot uh ruined the floors and uh like boss hitting me up like yo where's where's this article (laughs) like i need a breather right now okay but we're still here to podcast which is uh, hey there's 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 a lot there's a lot of week for this week to go up i i'm a firm believer and it can't get any worse it could get better but don't you think it also could get worse? <laughs> like, uh, also, as I said, that given our track record, we have been kind of the face of sometimes it getting worse when we think it can't. But I believe that it's going to get better. Okay, I appreciate that. If this weekend taught us anything, though, it's that it could get worse. I feel <laughs> like. Um, speaking of getting worse, before we do comments and questions, I do feel like we should probably just do a brief talk about the Mel updates from yesterday, some big swings in that whole saga. Uh, If you want to hear our full Mel Tucker situation discussion, we did over an hour of yesterday's episode on it. And I honestly went back and listened to it. I think we did a decent job talking about every element of that. So go back to that. That's on the channel if you want to watch it. Um, But since we had that discussion, Mel has released a statement through his lawyers that uh, is a little crazy to me. I mean, he's flat out denying this. This is going to get messy. Uh, He is saying that she has basically personally picked him out. It was a consensual relationship, and she's trying to ruin his life and succeeding in doing so. Uh, He there was one line in the statement that basically said, uh, I can only believe that Michigan State wants me gone due to my race or my gender or some Nasser taint. Again, audacity, in my opinion, to imply that Michigan State University may be firing him because of Larry Nasser or because of his gender and not his own actions here. Uh, what did you make of that statement? And and then Brenda came out quickly and immediately shut it down and said, this is just more of the victim blaming. So where do you stand? Did anything swing for you yesterday? Nothing really swing for me yesterday, to be honest. Um the only thing I'll say is that I, I don't know. I just came away with this is it's going to get super messy. This is going to get really, really messy. And this is only the beginning. Uh, the the events that are going to unfold after this, everything is going to be messy along the way, going from hearing to what happens after. Uh, well, what I assume that Mel is going to be fired. What happens after that? Um, this also seems like the first step Mel's taking to making sure that he's covering his bases as far as he's going to want the rest of the money on his contract. And this statement is in, 
it is directly correlated to that because the whole firing with cause thing, he he's not going for that. He thinks this is a consensual relationship that he didn't do anything wrong. Um, the the trials coming October fifth or sixth, I think I believe it is the hearings that that's, uh, that are going to take place. It's going to be super messy. Um, it's and also just like from a, I feel like we haven't talked about this from a football standpoint at all. This is now going to be hanging over the whole football season, which was already a football season that I, a lot of Michigan State football fans were on edge. I feel like just because coming out the five and seven season um schedule is a little bit tougher you know not making a bowl game was pretty embarrassing last year so there was a lot I mean not a lot of expectations but Michigan State football fans wanted to see see something as far as improvement like if our if the team went seven and five this year I truly believe that most Michigan State football fans would be content and okay with that and see the improvement in the team and the, the guys that we have but now this is going to be hanging over the football team for the rest of the season. Uh, and, sh- and shit, who knows how long it's going to be hanging over, depending on how messy it gets. This could go on forever and ever. So um, I'm a I'm a firm believer that I, I kind of want Michigan State to all, do the due process, make sure you cover all your bases, uh, and do the right thing. But at the same time, you got to be very – you got to be very, you know – Oh, I just did the keep chopping. I thought that was a bit. That wasn't a bit. That was an unintentional. Oh, my God. You have been blinded by this man. You're a victim here. No, I was trying to say. No, 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 no. You are a victim here. You you and many others really, really have been duped by this man. What I say is you got to be you got to be on it. Like you got to keep chopping. You got to be proactive. Oh, my God, Carter. I didn't know it was this bad. For those that didn't watch this and are just listening, Carter just literally with his whole heart meant to do the keep chopping motion. Like, you got to keep I chopping. That, that ruined everything. That ruined everything I said before. I am shook right now. Yeah, it's it's going to hang over more than just the football team, though. Like, it, you're right. It's hanging over the football season. It's also hanging over the university. It's hanging over the fan base. It's hanging over anybody who wants to go to Meyer today in a Michigan State shirt. Like, this is... Not a good look. Uh, and it's like I said, it's going to get messier because here, here's the truth. And I don't think we spoke to this much yesterday. It, this is a messy situation. I'm not saying that Mel is in any way in his right. He should be fired alone for thinking it's OK to enter a consensual relationship with this woman, given the school's history and the context there. That's insane. Uh This is messy, though. This is very much a he said, she said. And I don't know that anyone will ever know what the true truth is between the he said, she said. But when you are Mel Tucker, you can't put your team's fan base in a position where you're asking them to not believe a survivor. And that's where we are now. That is, again, the most insane thing ever. Like, even even if Mel's honest here and he's being right we can't not believe the survivor after all we've done and been through. Like we, we have to believe survivors. That is a true fact at this point. So for Mel to now take the position that he's getting fired because of some Nasser taint and none of this, like, dude, this is no longer a good fit. Even if you're being honest, this is no longer a good fit. And uh, the more Michigan state lets it this hang, because I don't want to say let, I know they're doing the due process, but this is why I would advocate for just, you got to fire him as soon as you can. If this is still a, I'm suspended. 
I, I think there's a chance he goes to this hearing and he, he's not found guilty. I really do. Even if, even if you fire him right now, the messiness is still going to ensue. But at least there's a clear line of separation. Because if if this is we're waiting until October, why? We, like, I get why. It's money. But... Okay, then this uh, guy's gonna but do it's this also, dance. It's also not money. It's also do. It's also there, there's a process with these things. Like you mm-hmm. gotta go. You gotta go through trials. You gotta go through hearings. Obviously, in situations like this, sometimes it's hard to understand that. But those things are put in place to go through those things. So te- you know, technically, but, you have you have to go to them. Um, but if you you agreed yesterday, though, we're not. I don't want to do the whole Sean Mel. We're already doing 15 minutes more than I want to. You agreed yesterday, though. This is just a formality. So yeah. why, why do we need the due process? If the due process happens and he's found innocent and he's still going to get fired, why do we need the due process? Because it, because it comes back to what is going to happen afterwards. Once the, once Because there's going to be lawsuits to follow this. There's going to be Mel trying to recoup his money. Let's say we did fire him right now. Mel's lawyer team is going to be like, they fired me without even letting me get to my trial. They They fired me without even letting me get to this point. That's that's literally even when you say that on your head, it sounds like firing without causation. So they're going to have to they're literally going to have to go to this trial. I think it's literally just to cover their bases. There's a morality clause in the contract. Like, but he but there's a more. Yeah, morality clause. But that's so that's like we said on yesterday's episode. That's such a gray area. I would I, I say this as an alum. I would hope Michigan State University chooses to be the determining factor in the gray area and not. I get it. I I praised them yesterday. I said, I don't think they're doing anything wrong. Now that Mel Tucker is releasing statements saying that the university's firing him because of his gender, I do think they're doing something wrong. You got to cut this man immediately. We're not going to let this man dance around. He's on some bullshit. He's delusional. Even if he's honest here, which he might be, I'm not even saying it's 100% fact. Even if he's being honest, he's delusional. And he has now drawn a line between him and the university. And like he's accusing the university of some bullshit, which is crazy to me. So I don't know. It's obviously a mess. I just you got to create separation sooner rather than later. And there isn't going to be. They're going to wait till the hearing. So you better pray that hearing goes the way you want it to, which given how messy this is, I don't know that it will. We'll see what happens. Uh, Okay, great start to the episode. Uh, We have three fun, actual fun topics to get to today. Let's jump into comments though. First, what's your Carter Elliott comment of the day? Okay. I got it right here. Uh, this comes, <laughs> it seems the comments I always pick always come from, you know, some, some very interesting YouTube comment names. This one comes from Shank in the face. I'm sorry. I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry. An agreement has been reached. Spectrum has brought ESPN back. Come on. That's huge. That's, that's absolutely massive for you. Hey, what'd you say 10 minutes ago? Things are going to get better. Yes. Things are going to turn up. We're here. We're all we're off to an elite start. We are here. Continue, my friend. That is massive. Okay. We have Shank in the face. Um, every year, at least one NFL week one game is a complete deception for the rest of the season. 2022, the Bears over the 49ers. 2020 is the Jaguars beating the Colts when losing the rest of the games that season. Which game, which game this year was the anomaly? So I guess it's only been week one. Is there a game that you think has been an anomaly out of the the first week of the NFL season? Um, yeah, I'm looking through right now. There's a couple off the top of my head where I feel like teams. I get. I I think two good teams lost games they shouldn't have. 
and that would be the Bengals and the Bills. Uh, they were both on the road, so I get it. You lose on the road sometimes. Uh, I think between those two, I would just say I think the Bengals are actually taking a rather large step back this year. That's my belief. Um, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think the Bills are, and the Jets looked pretty good last night to me, even without Aaron Rodgers. That injury was crazy. Um, but I I think the Bills will very much still be a factor in all of this. And uh, you can call a, a road loss in overtime to Zach Wilson a surprise, I think. And I don't think that will happen much the rest of the season. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I'm a quick follow up to that. Do you look at Josh? How do you look at Josh Allen as an NFL quarterback? I think he gets a lot of credit for things he doesn't necessarily deserve credit for. Okay. That's but he's good. How I, that's kind of how I feel, but he is good. Yeah, he's good. There, The truth about NFL quarterbacks right now is that there's Mahomes and then there's a bunch of guys people want to put in the tier with Mahomes and none of them belong in the tier. I, with Mahomes. I think Burrow, I think Burrow belongs. I mean, I guess he was Super Bowl champ, so um, or Super Bowl runner up, not champ. Sorry, he beat he beat Mahomes. He did beat Mahomes. Um, I I don't I don't. I'm sorry. I think Mahomes is just one of one. I think everybody else is good, but like you to me, the Burrow Allen. There's probably you probably throw Hurts in there based on who he is right now as like two, three, four, and then outside of that, it's a bunch of guys people want, like Herbert. You've heard me talk about Herbert before. Like I, he gets a bunch of credit for shit he doesn't deserve, in my opinion. Uh, Tua's in there. Tua outplayed Herbert this weekend, so I don't know. I don't know. There's a bunch of good quarterbacks. Is my point, but none of them okay. are Mahomes. Stop trying to make them Mahomes. <laughs> I I think my week one anomaly. Uh, well, two things. I want to give respect to the the Rams. I think yeah. I forgot that. I think I forgot that Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford. He was hurt, uh, and he went out and won a game in Lumen Field against the Seahawks, uh, throwing a DoorDash drivers. So that was impressive on in its own right. So I'm not going to call that an anomaly. I am going to call the Vikings losing at home to to uh, to the ba- Bucks. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'm going to call that an anomaly. I mean. Kirk Cousins couldn't hold on to snaps. He fumbled inside the red zone like two times. He threw like two red zone picks. They, I, I just don't know how they lost that football game. Uh, I'm going to call that an anomaly. And you can always feel good at calling a win an anomaly when Baker Mayfield's the quarterback of the other team. That's true. I don't hate that one. Uh, I'll throw one more out before we move on. I don't think the Packers are as good as they looked. And I know that could come back to bite me as a Lions fan. Uh, the Bears... I was wrong about the Bears. I thought they would win this game. I thought they would have a little bit of a leap forward. Justin Fields, I'm still a pretty big believer there. Uh, They were horrid, and the Packers were competent, and that led to an 18-point win. Competent does not mean good football team, and I would love to see what the Packers do this week before we crown Green Bay for going into Chicago and winning by 18 points. Yeah, the Bears are unprepared, unmotivated on everything. Any team in the NFL is probably going in there and beating them by 20. And I know we're going to get to Discord in a second, but we the Discord's been talking a lot of NFL this week, obviously. And uh, like we've been gassing up the Lions, and I think it was Ethan Basilla who was like, man, we got to slow down the Lions hype train. I'm going to just be honest, Cart. Let me just be honest for a second. I'm not slowing down the train. Like my, my NFL takeaway from week one, genuinely, for the first time that I've ever felt this feeling in my life, was holy shit, the Lions are better than 26 of these teams. Like, 
And I don't think that's an exaggeration. No. Like they, they have to deliver on it, but like on paper, who we have in that locker room, who will be stepping on the field for us is more talented than 26 teams in this league. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, I came away saying something like this is a top five team in the NFC, like easily in the NFL, in my opinion, like I, if we're going through teams from this week and I know it's week one, we can't overreact, but I'm going to overreact. So I'm an overreact guy. Uh, the Niners are elite. The Cowboys might be elite. Obviously, the Eagles are still a threat. Beyond that, who? Like Hel- you're... Hel- I, I'd still throw healthy Chiefs in there. Of course, healthy Chiefs. Of course, healthy Chiefs. Yeah. Then I think Detroit. It's Detroit Bang. or Miami. I'm, I'm st- Bengals. A team that lost twenty four to three. That game was a, a touchdown. That game was a. That game was a fluke. No, you're doing the Herbert thing right now. You're doing the white privilege quarterback thing with Joe Burrow on the road. He can't get a touchdown. T Higgins can't get a catch. Jamar Chase had like 36 yards and we're, oh no, still, still Super Bowl contender, still better than the Lions. Joe Burrow. Don't talk about my fantasy quarterback like that. <laughs> You're in trouble. What do we say? You're bad at fantasy. You're in trouble. Yeah, three, three points this week. I will not apologize for uh, believing the Lions are good this season. And uh, if that comes back to bite me, it might happen. Okay, let's did go you, to the... did you, did you, wait real quick. Did you get a week one fantasy win? Uh, so again, I have a lot of teams. I I went two and zero in my important league. We played two games a week. Went two and zero in the big money. Two games league. a week. Yeah, because it's the only way you can play. There's 23 other teams in our league, and we play a 12 week season. So you want to play all 23. Everybody plays gotcha. everybody wants. So I'm two and zero. I scored I think the second most points in that league. Uh, in the Borzello league, I scored the second most points in that league, but lost my matchup to Riley Davis and Miyakawa. Wow, uh, all the algorithms took you down. <laughs> scored 180 points, and I would have beaten every other team in the league, and I took L, but uh, one and one, because you get a point for being in that top half of that league as well. So three and one in my leagues that matter, uh, and no offense to the Sleepers Listener League and the other leagues, but uh, I was like 500 in a mix of those. So okay, three and one in my two that I'll keep records on. Here we go to the Discord. <laughs> What a bad plug for the Discord by me. I love the Discord, by the way. Well, I'm shitting on our fantasy football league. Let's go to the comments. Again, if you want to join the Discord, we will read your comments every single day. Uh, We're building pretty good relationships with a lot of people in the Discord right now. Roughly 40-ish people. I think we're just under 40. If we can get that to 50, I'm feeling real good. That's the number I'm trying to get after here. Uh, Comment from Basketball Jones yesterday. He said, just want to... Sorry, just want to confirm that Xavier Johnson's stat is 100% real and accurate. He was completely healthy for two conference games before getting hurt later in the year versus Kansas. 63 combined minutes played versus Nebraska and Rutgers, two non-tournament teams, but who is counting? 13 turnovers and 12 points scored. <laughs> I'm loving this number. <laughs> just wish he has a good, healthy season, that's all. We're going to talk about Xavier Johnson later in the episode a little more. Uh, he also says, I do feel Wait, like... Per- why? Oh, hell I no. do. He said, I do feel like you forgot. Ethan Morton is the worst starter discussion, uh, even though he's not a lock to start. Did we forget Ethan Morton and who's the worst starter? Yeah, we did. But I think we assumed he's not going to start. I think he's going to start. I just okay. uh, I didn't want to go there. Then he's there then. OK, I would rather play Ethan Morton than Madi Sissoko and Trey Jackson. I actually think I might, too. Yeah, that's why I didn't go there. Um, uh-huh. Fam said, trying to spin this into a positive, what percent chance do we give D'Antonio coming back? 
as a stabilizer is needed. If D'Antonio goes six and four the rest of the way and resurrects the program back to consistently hunting 10 win seasons, the prideful MSU community has a reason to be excited about the football program again. Mark could firmly cement himself as the best MSU coach in history, coaching from now through 25. What's your percent chance that Mark is the long-term coach after this season? I'd give it less than 25%. Do you think that's because of performance or just because no matter what he wants to be? No, I don't think it's because of performance. I think it's because of a lot of factors. And I, I honestly think some of those factors just have to do with Mark as a person. Like it's a real commitment and a grind to be a head football coach. And he put in a lot of years and did a lot of things for this program. And I'm sure he kind of enjoys like just living the retired life, being with his family, being with his grandkids, like you mentioned. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, like, didn't he kind of have like some health things, like as far as just like, yeah, like not being in the best. So like, that's things like head coaching takes such a toll on you. And I feel like obviously you have the sicko coaches of the world who just coach until like they're 70 and 80 and shit, even 80, almost 80 in some cases. I don't think like all coaches want to do that and have that grind, especially when you have to go through so much. Like I feel like Mark did establishing the Michigan state football program. So I feel like he doesn't want that. And also like maybe Michigan state football doesn't want to do that to him. Like we don't want to run this man down. We don't want him to come in and stabilize us and then, you know, take the next step, but we don't want to run him down. Yeah. What is his like 93 years old now? Relax. My man's getting younger by the day. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the percent is, but I don't think Mark will coach a year from now. I think this is a great opportunity for Mark, who, as I said yesterday, did not end his tenure at Michigan state in the happiest way. And it wasn't necessarily of his own choosing. I know he, he quote unquote retired, but I think there was a lot of internal pressure on, Hey, Mark, get out of here when he left. And I was loud about it at the time. I don't think that was fair to Mark. I didn't think they should have been pushing him out the door. I think they should have given him as much time as needed to collect things and get it back on track. Um, so to me, this is a, this is like a desperation opportunity for Mark though, because if, if God forbid, if he, if he goes eight and eight and four on a season, now they're two and all already, but six and four, if Michigan state finishes the year eight and four with an upset win over someone along the way, that's a legacy moment for Mark. Like and he can leave on good terms. He can leave. What about, with what the, about a legacy moment for Harlan and Harlan and Harlan? You're right. We do. Know. We do forget Harlan is the head coach. Harlan's the, Harlan's the head dog. Harlan is the head coach. All right. Maybe, uh, never mind. Maybe there are no legacy points for Mark here. It's all, it's, it's all up to Harlan here. Um, Trevor Salih says he doesn't see Morton starting. He sees him getting seven to 10 minutes a game with a couple boards and an assist or two. He's playing you, more than 10 minutes. You you are you're smoking crack if you think that Matt Painter is not playing his son more than 10 minutes. Yeah, he's playing more than 10 minutes. Let's move on for the sake of time. D Rose SAT says really small sample size from Xavier last year and really could have used time to acclimate with Hood Shafino. But with that logic, you can't ignore his performances against Xavier and UNC, where he averaged 21 and a half points on 65% shooting. You can't ignore it. Watch us do it. Next comment. <laughs> He also said, I still say he has a better year than Boo Booey, which uh, hurts me personally, D-Rose. TJ Terrence underscore 23 says, regarding the Riley Davis pitch to hop on the Lions bandwagon, quote, and the bandwagon's full, but you can try to run behind it. I'm sorry. And then he attributes that quote to Drake, then to Cart and me. (laughs) Mood. 
is a mood. Coy says he's completely on Carter's side about Team USA. If they send out the C slash D team, he's acting like they didn't even send a team. Yeah. So, I mean, Coy knows ball. We sent, we sent Austin Reeves. We sent Bobby Portis Jr., man. So I, uh, I was trying to come up with now that we know LeBron is like trying to spearhead this. I was trying to come up with the best possible LeBron James and friends Olympic roster. Can I fire my roster at you real quick? Please tell me what you think of this. Uh, LBJ. Anthony Davis. Austin Reeves. Lakers trio to start. No. Hear me out on the rest of it. Reeves is the only iffy one. LBJ. (laughs) AD Reeves. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, gets his boy Draymond there. KD, Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Damian Lillard. We got two spots left: Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. How do you think you, about you, that? you think you, you think you bring uh, Reeves over Kyrie? Um, I think I think LBJ is going to get some hot water if he tries to bring Kyrie. He might he's going to try and bring him, but I think like the, the powers that be with USA basketball will prevent that from happening. Yeah. Also, the word on the street is that USA is heavily recruiting Embiid to play for I, USA. I heard that. I I avoided that on my list, but that would be crazy. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming next summer. Enjoy this, Germany. Enjoy this run, Serbia. Latvia, sick run. All right, thanks. As as always to the Discord, Uh, if you want Carter Elliott's commentary 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can get so uh, or get it in the the Discord. Go to the description uh, on every video we put out, every podcast episode. There's a link to join. Join on a desktop. It's $9.99 a month. And uh, again, uh, we don't want to say it because gambling regulation, but should we just say it like, what are we 16 and six on the season on bets and people are worried about 999 a month 16 and six on bets i i didn't say i didn't say it dave i am just just throwing out the numbers again not a math podcast but just the numbers uh okay three topics today i want to start with some big 10 basketball start with our roots umhoops.com and inside the hall two of the best team specific sites in this conference inside the hall does indiana um hoops does michigan uh have collaborated for years on a list of the top 25 players in the big 10 they released this in the off season every single season uh like basically around this time leading up to the season so we got the first two lists And I want to read 16 through 25 to you live on the show for the first time. You do not know these lists. And I want you to give me your honest reactions. Do you want the others considered? Because they also listed like guys who aren't going to make the list who are also considered. Or do you want me to just do 25 through 16 right now? Can I get the considered? Sure. Here's the other others considered. Julian Reese from Maryland. Patrick McCaffrey from Iowa. Malik Hall from Michigan State. Deshaun Harris-Smith from Maryland. Dante Scott from Maryland, Kellel Ware from Indiana, Chucky Hepburn from Wisconsin, and Scotty Middleton from Ohio State. Hmm. Okay. Any, I, I, any, I, I, any immediate pulls from that that you're like, how are they not on the list? I think Patrick McCaffrey is a top 25 player in the Big Ten. I was a little surprised DHS didn't get a nod. I think that's way too low. He's going to end up there. I, I, I assume now is because he's a freshman. That's the only – otherwise, he should be there. It's Wait, no. He's a freshman on the list. Oh, okay. I'm I'm also shocked Kalel Ware didn't make this. I know he, he didn't have a great year, but he's the only like first round pick lock 
in this conference. Well, it, in, inside the hall, probably put him in like four, and then the UMM hoops people put him way outside. So when they aggregated it, he was like at 27. Dylan does a pretty good job, not gonna lie. He, or not even pretty. Dylan does a very good job. He's very good at uh everything he he organized with that. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a subscriber. He's no, you're not. He's an he's an objective I'm, person. I'm in there. No, you're not. I'm in there. No, you are not. How do you know I'm not? I know you're not. Okay. You would have known that when I said top 25 to 16, you would have known this. All right. Here's Keep your the, enemies close. Here's the list. 25, Malik Renault. 24, Doug McDaniel. 23, Tony Perkins. 22, Mackenzie Mbako. 21, Fletcher Lawyer. 20, Jamison Battle. 19, Bruce Thornton. 18, Jaden Akins. 17, Connor Asesian. 16, Xavier Johnson. Your thoughts, Carter Elliott, on 16 through 25 of the Big Ten's top 25 players. Okay, Xavier Johnson, way too high on this list. That's starters. Jaden Akins is better than Connor Asesian. Um. I'd rather have Deshaun Harris Smith than Tony Perkins. Uh, I know that. I know you probably uh, battle back against that because you're a big Tony Perkins believer, but Deshaun Harris Smith, I think, should be above Perkins. As much as we like to talk about Kiel Ware, like, I feel like you might have to put Kiel Ware above Mbako if you're putting it on this list. I would put, wait, so does that mean Mbako is better than Renault on this list? Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> that doesn't fly with me either. Yeah, so they they stacked the order: Mbako the best, Renault second best, Kalalware third best, and that this is inside the hall contributed to this list. So I just they got what was, what, what was the what was the overall consensus of this list once it was posted? Is it everyone's cooking it? Is it everyone's like okay? Like uh, so, sixteen through twenty just dropped this morning. Uh, 21 through 25 dropped yesterday and nobody really had much of a problem with it. I did comment because I'm active in the UM hoops community. And I, uh, my comment was basically, I can't believe Fletcher lawyers 21. Uh, I think I may be way too low on the just a shooter archetype, but for the record, Fletcher lawyer last season shot 37% from the floor, 33% from three. He was unplayable for the final month and a half of the year. Couldn't make a shot. The only redeemable thing he adds to the court right now is shooting, and he's not a, a great shooter. So, like, I, I'm buying Fletcher long term. I've said this, but if we're talking like, oh, it could be a Fletcher lawyer breakout year, how? Zach Eady's there. He's going to do all the scoring. Braden Smith's there. He's going to do all the facilitating. He's there's Kyle, nothing. Kyle, he's Kyle Guy. There's nothing new that Fletcher Lawyer is going to do this season. Give it four years, okay? Maybe in, in three and four he'll do this. But he could be Kyle Kanai for the record. Uh, I just I, – I think they went too high on the just-a-shooter archetype. Like, Asijan at 17 is too high. Lawyer at 21 is too high. Peyton Sanford hasn't been named on this list yet, which means he's going to be in the top 15, which is too high. Um, you, th you think he's for sure going to be in the top 15? Yeah, they would have put him in the others mentioned. If not, I he might crack the top 10, which is – that's crazy. crazy to me. Uh, again, I I'm high on Perkins because I think he is good. Like and and Iowa first options are going to be good. So maybe that's what they're going after with Sanford. But like Perkins does more. He's going to have the ball in his hands more. I don't even know what an offense center around Sanford would look like. He's just a shooter. Like, are they running Rip Hamilton stuff for him? 40 times a game. <laughs> like, I don't think that works. He's a complimentary guy. So uh, and, but Xavier Johnson, man, I'm sorry, Xavier. I know you're going to hear this. 
Xavier uh, 16 for a guy who didn't crack 10 points a game in his good season at Indiana. And then last season had more turnovers than points in conference play. Shout out basketball Jones. Like, ah, it feels wrong, right? Like, uh-huh. like, isn't if we're going to bash Tony Perkins and everybody's like, how are you high on Tony Perkins? Like, wouldn't it be a fantastic year for Xavier Johnson to average Tony Perkins numbers? Like if Xavier Johnson finishes this year, 12, four and three, aren't we ecstatic with that? But he has to, he has to leap to do that. Why is he 10 spots higher on this list? Uh, Cause he's 23. He's going to be 24 the next time he steps on the court in an Indiana uniform, but he's off an, he's off a serious injury. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm hand in hand, sleeper and sleeper in this comment. I don't think Xavier Johnson should be in the, I don't think he should be in the top 25, to be honest with you. I think okay. he should, he can earn himself a spot in the players to be mentioned, but I, I just don't see him as a top 25 player in the big 10. Last thing I want to comment on, on this, you think Doug deserves to be in the top 25? Uh, I think I had him right around where he was when I did my list and you could, you could cycle him in or out. I wouldn't be upset. Um, I, yeah, I think I, I will, I'll say this. I think they're going to be too high on Kamala from what I've heard. Oh, it sounds like he's going to be top. He might be top five from what it sounded like. He won't, I don't think he'll be fifth, but I think he'll, he'll probably be sixth, sixth or seventh. And I, when I did this list, I had Kamala like 13th. So, um, I don't know. I, it it's interesting though because like like Doug cracks the list, Chucky Hepburn doesn't, and to me those guys are essentially the same guy right now. And I love Doug McDaniel; I think he could be more. But like Chucky's first year looked a lot like Doug's, and then it was like, oh, Chucky's gonna have a breakout, and then he just didn't. So now everybody's written off Chucky because he didn't have the breakout. But now we're anticipating Doug. like it there's a lot of credit on these lists to anticipating things rather than what people have actually done yeah i agree but yeah there's some there's some head scratchers in that one to be honest with you Did, also we, we might have to we might have to have you release your top 25 list i was gonna say maybe we should do a, a co list at some point are we uh i don't want to just bash this because i think this is a hard exercise especially this year well that's the point that's the point of making lists you don't make lists to be like hey you know what that's a flawless list you did an amazing job it's every, any list is getting bashed what it's do you like about this list. list what do you like about this list mm. i got one i mean can you go to 2025 one more time again because i think I, I i know who i want to say but i just want to make sure uh, you want the the twenty five group or the twenty group? Uh, the twenty group. Jameson Battle twenty, Bruce Thornton nineteen, Jade Nakins eighteen, Connor Siegen seventeen, Xavier Johnson sixteen. I do like that Jameson Battle made an appearance in the twenty five. I think that's a great inclusion. I don't think a lot of people would include him in a twenty five. I think he deserves to be there. I'm gonna say I like the two Ohio State guys together here. I will be very curious to see if they put Zed Key on this list. Yeah. Uh, they did not include Akpara. I think Akpara is better than Key, but I know Dylan's a big Zed Key guy. So if if Zed Key lands highest on this list, I think they're pretty high on Ohio State. One, to have three guys in the top 20. Uh, but two, I would not think Zed Key is Ohio State's best player. Do you like where Bruce Thornton is? I think he has to be there. It's like a prove it year. Like if you put Bruce Thornton much higher, it's kind of like eh, he hasn't done it yet. But mm. in the write up, they did a good job with it. They're like, if there's one guy we expect to be higher on this list than where we put him, it's Bruce Thornton. So yeah. last thing, Aikens was 18th. You kind of, you said he should be higher than a season. 
I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Where do you think Aiken should have been on this list? I think Aiken's is a top 15 guy. Or, uh, I, okay, because, you know, it's it's a, I guess, prove it type situation. I think he should be somewhere maybe like where Xavier Johnson is. 15, okay. between 15 and 17. So that's just, that's one spot higher. That makes all the difference. Uh, Especially makes a difference when you're behind Connor Asijan. Jaden Akins, like Xavier Johnson, has never scored 10 points a game in Big Ten. Is there anything Connor Asijan does better than Jaden Akins? Yeah, I think. What? Huh? No, actually, no. There's <laughs> nothing I think. I was going to say shooting, but he's not a better shooter than Jaden Akins, is he? No. Free throw shooting? <laughs> no. Uh, maybe actually, I think a siege is like ninety percent. He's say. a lot. He's ninety percent of free throw. Jade Nakin's shocking. Only sixty six percent from the line. Yeah, that was very shocking. Uh, Connor might have more shit to him than Jaden, right? I, I think he has shit to him because he's white. I, can you by default? Can you have shit to you if you keep agreeing to come back and be the third option out of position? I feel like by default that means you don't have shit to you. Mm, makes you makes you a team guy, but like, like shit to you is like, give me the ball, get out of the way. Well, you know, it's a little easier to have that when you look to your left and you see Stephen Crowley, look to your right and you see a Wiz Khalifa patch. You're a big Tyler Wall guy. Don't forget Tyler Wall. All right, let's move on. Uh, they're gonna. I think they're releasing a new five every single day this week, so this probably won't be the last time we talk about it. But uh, I know we bashed that. Good work, Assembly Hall, and uh, or not Assembly Hall, inside the hall and UM Hoops. Uh, it's a hard undertaking. We appreciate the work you guys do covering the conference. So we'll probably talk about it more and bash more lists later this week. Next, I want to talk about another list, Cart, top 10 college basketball programs. Uh, this came from Jamie Shaw at On3, and he went out and made a list of the top 10 college basketball programs since 2000. I want to read this list to you, and then I want you to tell me who's too high and who's too low. Do you want it from the top or from the bottom? Whoa. Whoa. Do you want this list read from the top or the bottom? I would like the list read from the bottom. You would. Okay, here we go. Oh, oh right. <laughs> you, UCLA, number 10. Florida, number 9. Villanova, number 8. UNC, North Carolina, number 7. Kentucky, 6. UConn five, Michigan State four, Gonzaga three, Duke two, Kansas one. Top 10 college basketball programs since 2000, according to Jamie Shaw from on three. Your thoughts? I think there is obviously one team that should not be in that list. Like very obviously. <laughs> is, it I, my, is it my boy, the golden boy? Yeah. Why is Florida in there? I mean, they have the back to back, right? That's got to be it. Is that it? Is that is that was is that was carrying all the weight for that? I think if there was one thing that deserved to carry some weight, it's back to back titles, right? Okay. I mean, I guess. Uh, but they've been Florida's been good outside of that too. Like they had a lot of runs prior to. The haven't they missed the tournament a couple times in that span? It's the last three four years. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> Maybe it's a guy, I guess it's a little recency bias. I don't I I feel like there should be another team that could be put in there. Um I'm trying to think who I actually would put in there over them. Mm. UCLA was in there, right? 
UCLA was 10th. Yeah, UCLA was 10th. Okay. Uh, I mean, did you have any complete, uh, you know, quarrels with this list? Yeah, there's seven teams that won national titles ranked below Gonzaga. Huh? (laughs) Wait wait a second. What? Uh, Why? Why are we we're we're rating Gonzaga the top program because they got some like fun recruits? Chad Holmgren, Jalen Suggs. I mean, I mean they've been. I mean they've been very dominant. Very. In where? (laughs) What are we doing here? I mean, we're acting like they haven't made like Final Fours and championship games and all that. They have not made more championship games than a bunch of teams on this list. UConn has three national titles in this span and they're two spots. I think UConn UConn missed a tournament in that span too as well. First of all, this is all the way back to 2000. Every team on this list, except for Kansas and Michigan state has missed a tournament. So I get that's like your thing. I get that's your thing. Congrats. But like that, that is not the single definition of a healthy program. It's a part of it. It's about what you do. Gonzaga has not done anything but win the West Coast Conference. Like, what What are we doing? They oh, should be 10th you know on this list. Now that I think about it, I would have Purdue on here than Florida. That's crazy, too. Um, <laughs> come on, man. They got, they got two the national title. titles. They have two national titles in that span. Purdue has zero Final Fours. Banners. Purdue has two back-to-back banners. Purdue would die to hang a banner. Okay, <laughs> like what? Are, what are they we have they hung conference banners. I don't understand why UConn's fifth. UConn should be third on this list. They have the most national championships in this band. Like that's true. I agree. How are, with that. how are we defining program? Like Michigan State is good at four. They shouldn't be behind Gonzaga. They should be behind UConn. Um, I also think Kentucky's a little bit too low, though. Like, are we sure Kentucky's been a worse program than Michigan State? Since 2000, a lot of Final Fours in there. Like, are are we sure? Could make an argument. Also, if you if you ran this list from 2002, where's Michigan State fall? And that's what we're doing. I'm just wondering, like, how how much weight is one title in 2000 carrying? Well, I mean, a lot of Final Fours probably carries a little bit of weight too. Apparently, a lot of 11 seeds carries it according to you you make make the tournament that's what matters right why why do we got to do this I'm just, this isn't about, I'm just this isn't about, michigan state belongs in the 10 let's talk about teams that don't belong in the 10 <laughs> where i was gonna ask you this where uh where does michigan rank if it's not top 10 where do they belong because i feel like it's close i thought they'd be in conversation for 10th in this span i would have them Because they, they didn't win, they have they haven't won a title since 2000, but they had obviously reached high. They would you could make an argument for them. Um, it would really be over UCLA or Florida, but I wouldn't go Florida because they have two titles. I have UCLA like doesn't 13, 14, maybe. Okay, why? Uh, what makes UCLA a better program than Michigan in this span? What makes UCLA a better tournament than Michigan? UCLA is tenth uh, on this list. What makes them deserve that spot more than Michigan? I think they've had more sustained success than Michigan. Can you define sustained success? More Final Fours. Do they have more Final Fours since 2000 than Michigan? I'm I'm pretty sure that they do. I might be wrong as well. If they are, then 
I might have to look at that a little bit more closely, but um, I'm pretty sure that they have more Final Fours. I know they that. they at least they at least both have two. I don't know if UCLA has more than two. They might have more than two. But I think because uh, they they had, the, they had the Russell Westbrook year and then they had the Juzang year. They actually might only have two. I don't know if there's another one, but um, yeah, I mean it's close, right? Either way, it's it's yes. great. I don't I don't have major complaints other than. <laughs> what what's made Gonzaga a better program than Michigan? Actually, now that I think about it, Gonzaga. Uh, sorry, UCLA made three consecutive Final Fours from 2006 to 2008. Oh yeah, they definitely deserved that. Then I must have yeah, like totally those Ben Holland years. What uh, Gonzaga? What makes Gonzaga a better program than Michigan since 2000? Also made more Final Fours. <laughs> How many Final Fours does Gonzaga have? I think they got at least five. Let's let's look this up. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> let's look this up. Uh, no, they have two Final Fours. Two Final Fours, two runner-ups, the same as Michigan in this span. They've I, I will say Gonzaga's made a bunch of Sweet Sixteens though. Now yeah. I'm on their Wikipedia page. <laughs> that's that, that's number three though. A team with two Final Fours and two runners up. I mean, do we take into account all they've done as far as the domination in their conference as well? No. I know it's the West Coast no. Conference. I know. No. I know. No. No. <laughs> Bro, they're going no. like 30, 30 and three every single year. And now we care about that. We've we've never cared about that until this moment. Now we care about that. I do. That's insane. Insane. All right. Stop uh, trying to get your team in there. Just stay on the outside and be better, and then you can get in there. You know who's going to hate this episode? That one commenter who said, we think we know better than everybody. <laughs> it's just like, this is like an episode specifically crafted to piss that person off. <laughs> I swear it wasn't intentional. It's not our fault if we do. I swear it wasn't intentional. Overall, I love the list. Kansas at number one, great pick. Duke at number two, great pick. Gonzaga at number three, horrible pick. Michigan State at number four, good pick. UConn at five, bad pick. Kentucky at six, fine pick. North Carolina seven, great pick. Villanova, great pick. Florida, great pick. UCLA, great pick. Good job. Good job, Jamie Shaw. You know ball. Take Florida out of there. You know ball. Third topic today, I want to talk some quick football. Uh, The Big Ten West is the worst division in college football, in my opinion, in the major conferences. And I want to just like get your thoughts on this. The Big Ten is going to be blown up soon, which is lovely. It's much needed. But in the meantime, this is the final year we get of the mess that is the Big Ten West. We got Matt Rule coming in, promising big things, and now he's 0-2. We got Purdue with a first-year head coach that they stole from Illinois losing in week one, a game that, quite frankly, I don't think they should have lost. And then bouncing back and going into Blacksburg and beating Virginia Tech. Northwestern was horrendous against Rutgers. They stomped UTEP. They were an underdog at home against UTEP. They stomped them. Iowa won the rivalry game with Cade McNamara on the road against Iowa State, who had a bunch of gambling issues. Minnesota is taking care of business, but again, it's PJ Fleck in Minnesota. I don't know how seriously we're allowed to take them. And then Wisconsin with Luke Fickle looked good week one, looked bad on the road against Washington State. They trailed the whole game and lost. So uh, is anybody good? In this division, can anybody make this interesting against any of the big boys in the Big Ten East? No, not even gonna fake like they can. They 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 just can't. They they really just can't, and it's not their fault. They they just aren't that good. And I don't understand. And this is the one thing. 
I guess you could call this backseat driving. I don't know what the term technically is for it or like, you know, Monday morning quarterback, outside looking in guy, whatever catchphrase you want to use. Is it that hard to just switch some teams between divisions? What changes if you do that? Just scheduling? Like, why is the Big Ten just allowing this to go on? Because they know it's going to change when the conference adds some people next year. Like, is there going to be shuffling of teams when we add these teams next year? Uh, I I think they have to. I think or they is, know it geogra- is it is it technically geographical? It was technically geographical, but um, I think they know they have to change it, and they will. Also, I swear this wasn't intentional. I was just going off what Google said. The one team I forgot was Illinois. <laughs> Uh, Illinois beat Toledo at home week one, went on the road and lost to Jalen Daniels in Kansas, but they were down 30. They made it interesting late. So I don't know what to make of any of this. I know that Brett Bielema has me blocked on Twitter, which is a huge missed opportunity. Really? Me, Yeah, huge missed opportunity because he could have been Daddy Brett and we could add Daddy Brad and Daddy Brett. But Brett, Brett said no to being my daddy, which is really sad. Um, and look where that and look where that has him. <laughs> Uh, do you think okay? Who do you think wins this division? If you don't think anybody is like actually good and could compete, like who do you think are the teams that could win this division at least? Because I was gassing up Illinois in the offseason. I'll say that. Like no, I think, I think I I think given history and how things go, I think Purdue actually does find a way to win it again. Okay, I I think I have and we and we get Hudson and we get Hudson Card versus. JJ McCarthy in the Big Ten championship game, and I will have disgusting funds on Hudson Card. You're gonna lose. I promise you. I have I have four contenders. This might have to be a running trope where like we we re- delete one contender every couple weeks from this. But currently, I have four Big Ten West contenders. The fourth one is Illinois, and I don't know what it is. But I still think they could be a good football team. Like I, I thought there was I had so much uh excitement for their defense coming into the season and they can't stop a soul. Yeah, I I really thought that they were gonna be like the best defense in this division and Luke Altmeyer was gonna be a guy. Luke Altmeyer hasn't looked like a guy yet. He had the big touchdown run this week that looked like the most casual touchdown run in college football history. But uh I think they figure this out at least enough when they get into big 10 play and they're familiar with teams. Like I trust Brett Bielema to go beat PJ Fleck and Matt rule and at least the bottom half of this division. So I'm not ruling them out. And honestly being down 30 and then going on a 16 0 run against Kansas late actually means something to me. Like they could have quit on the season thrown in the towel instead 16 0 run. Like they have a, they have a heartbeat and a pulse right now. We'll see what happens. So Illinois four, I'm going Purdue three. I don't trust Purdue, even though they went into Blacksburg and got that win. Uh, Hudson card seems like he's going to throw three interceptions a game, even on his good games. Like he's just like a throw it up and see what happens guy. And I don't trust anything outside of him and Maccabi on this Purdue team. Maccabi's nice though. Highly advised betting Maccabi anytime touchdown. Does, does, I feel like you're not factoring in Hudson card. eye test. I like Hudson Carr eye test. That's my problem. I've been <laughs> duped. I've been duped by Hudson Carr already. And I also, I don't trust Ryan Walters. I know he's the Illinois guy. And that was a pretty big hire at the time for Purdue. I don't trust him. 
I don't like what I've seen thus far. And I know it's weird to say after going into Blacksburg, but Purdue really let me down week one. Like they looked really messy in week one. Uh, my my second place contender is Wisconsin. I think Washington State's actually good. And I like I don't ding them for going on the road and losing to Washington State. It's a top 25 team in the sport right now. So they'll be fine. And the team I think wins this division and makes the most interesting championship matchup in recent memory, the Iowa Hawkeyes and Cade McNamara. Why would that be so interesting? KJJ. Oh, yeah. Huh. I wouldn't. Oh, I guess I, I'm i I'm a little numb to that now because everyone has been commenting, calling me names on our video when we talked about K and JJ. That's true. It would be a fun final. That's all I'm saying. And I think Iowa actually is good. Like, Kate is competent. And that's all I think they needed with the elite defense to make some shake. We'll see what happens. All right. Big 10 West update. <laughs> Looking forward to that throughout the season. We love talking about growth. Can, can we can we actually please keep that in like for the rest of the season? Just the, the Big Ten West segment. Yeah, let's do a quick check in with the Big Ten West. All right. One big thing presented by Big B Cart. Uh, what's your one big thing today? Can you go first, please? I don't have one, so you need to go first. Okay. All right. I, I guess I gotta I, I guess I gotta go first. Um, my one big thing, and this honestly, I just made this up on the spot, so I'm gonna let you know this right now. You need to clean your headphones. I feel like I've been on a hygiene kick <laughs> for a while. And I was at the gym the other day and this guy was changing like his, his headphones and like the cubby next to me at Snap Fitness because there's no locker room. You just put your stuff in a cubby. Took off his AirPods and I got a glimpse of the inside of those things. Absolutely atrocious. You shouldn't have earwax on your AirPods. You need to clean your headphones, especially if you work out in them. Hit them with a little sanitizer, maybe. Give them a quick little wipe, whether it's some Beats by Dre, whether it's AirPods. Make sure you clean your headphones. That can't be good. It's nasty. It's unsanitary. That's my one big thing for today. Presented by Big B. And by the way, Big B, show us some love, okay? Because your free promo is going to cut off soon. We're we're coffee-free agents unless you guys step up. My one big thing presented by Big B is that my mother and father bought my daughter a Detroit Lions shirt, like a little Detroit Lions dress this morning. But I'm in mental hell because she didn't have it for Thursday night football. And I'm a superstitious person. And I'm terrified that if I let my daughter wear that on game day, we're screwed. Oh, Seahawks with a point might be the move. I know. I'm absolutely terrified. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Uh, I'll report back on my daughter's jersey later this week. Goodbye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.